This session focuses on two categorical variables and investigating the bivariate relationship. You will explore using side-by-side -side or segmented bar graphs, contingency tables, and conditional and marginal relative frequency distributions. So now we're back to theme number five again. Look for an association between two variables, the pattern or trend in bivariate data, and use values of one variable to predict values of another variable. So what is the distinction of levels and gaze in terms of the bivariate association of categorical variables? Well, at level A, we summarize frequencies in a table or a bar graph. At level B, we progress to translating these frequencies to relative frequencies and proportional reasoning. At level C, we then translate to a sampling distribution for a sample proportion. And we understand that the role of probability is in finding a margin of error. And we use this margin of error to see how close we expect the sample proportion to be to the population proportion. The sampling distribution is found through simulation. So in describing the bivariate relationship, the use of the contingency table and the bar graph provides that picture for visualizing if an association exists. The conditional relative frequency distributions are used to judge if an association exists. They are expected to be the same if no association exists. And then finally, at level C, we will be using a randomization test to create a sampling distribution to judge if the observed difference in two conditional relative frequencies is unusual under a model of no association. So now let's move to theme number six. Understanding that when randomness is incorporated into the sampling or the experimental procedure, probability provides a way to describe the long-run behavior of a statistic as described by its sampling distribution. Theme number seven. Ask if the difference between two population parameters or two treatment effects is due to random variation or is the difference statistically significant? So we're really asking two questions. Is the observed difference in the conditional relative frequencies under the model of no association due to random variation or is the difference significant? And second, what is the probability, which we call the p-value, that an observed difference or one more extreme would occur if the two variables are independent or not associated. So now, theme number eight. Distinguish between a population distribution, a sample data distribution, and a sampling distribution. So what are these three types of distributions? Well, the population distribution is what we want to take our sample from. And values of its parameters are fixed, but usually unknown. And it's values of these parameters that we want to know more about. A sample data distribution is the distribution of the sample. 
and it is the distribution that we actually see in practice. We hope that the data distribution, the sample distribution, will approximate the population distribution. And third is this sampling distribution that we've discussed. The distribution of a sample statistic, that is a sampling distribution, such as a sample proportion. And what the sampling distribution does for us is it provides the key for telling us how close a sample statistic, such as a sample proportion, and as those statistics vary from sample to sample, how close can we expect that statistic to be to the actual population parameter? So theme number nine, distinguish between the role of randomness, which reduces the effect of bias, and the role of sample size, which affects your precision. With respect to using a statistic from a sample to estimate a population parameter. So what is the role of randomness in sample size? Randomization reduces bias. Now let's define bias. Bias occurs when certain outcomes are systematically more likely to appear in the sample than in the population. Bias is reduced through random sampling. Sample size, on the other hand, impacts the precision with which the estimates of the population parameters can be made. And this precision is reflected in the margin of error. One of the most common misperceptions of students is that the larger the sample size, the more representative the sample is of the population. Without using a good sampling method, sample size is irrelevant in terms of being representative of the population. It is the randomization that we hope will give us that representative sample of the population. Sample size, on the other hand, impacts the amount of variability that we will see within our sample. So what is the ideal situation is that we use a good sampling method that involves randomization while at the same time using a large sample size. Also, one of the other common misperceptions is that you need to take a large sample when you are working with populations of large size. For example, the most common sample size that we read about in the newspaper with polls from Gallup is a sample size around 1,000. And this is a sample size of 1,000 that may be from the population of an entire state, a population of the entire United States. And the question is asked, well, that's millions and millions of people, and we're only using a sample size of 1,000? as long as a good sampling technique was used that involved randomness, that is an adequate sample size. So, sample size relative to the population is not an important factor 
in the accuracy of our estimates. That is unless the population size is small. Okay. So now, as you move forward today, keep the statistical problem pro solving process at the forefront as you explore the association between two categorical variables.